Hi, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Crossbar Podcast. My name is Cole. And I'm Cliff. Last time I realized we didn't actually explain the name of our podcast to you wonderful people, which it made sense to Cliff and I because we've been talking about it for a while. Um, But we have Crossbar hyphenated because... Our podcast is about the cross, about alcohol, and then crossbar encapsulates the uh, sports side of our recording. It's a triple entendre, if you will. So that's the reasoning behind our name, if any of you had questions about that. Cliff is going to explain how the sports section of today's episode is going to go right now. Yeah, and it's funny because I'm look. I'm, I'm thinking this through, and I'm like, crossbar. Oh, are we like, are we like obligated to pay some attention now to hockey and soccer, the crossbar of the of the goal, or even the I, I guess I guess it's the crossbar of the goalpost as well for football. So I think we're covered again. This is this is day. Um, it's really not that many, but I can't remember of everyone being in quarantine from the COVID-19 outbreak. Um, I do know it was one month ago yesterday that all, it was one month ago, two days ago, we are recording this uh, on the evening of April 13th and March 11th was when uh, the NBA suspended their season and most, and I believe every other league uh, and including the NCAA here in America suspended their seasons uh, the following day on March 12th. So we're a little over a month into this thing. And, you know, we, we just missed out on March Madness and a lot of people are doing brackets and such. What we have for you today is the first of probably maybe three episodes specifically dealing with who has the best, the best looking football helmet. And the way we drew this up is... We have, it is a 64 helmet bracket, if you will. We have four regions, each ranked one through 16. Uh, We have all 32 NFL teams represented. Uh, They are divided into two regions. It just so happens that there are 16 teams in the AFC, 16 teams in the NFC. So that worked very cleanly. And then on the other side of the bracket, we have uh, 32 college helmets that we put our heads together on and came up with. Uh, One region consists of 16 helmets from uh, schools that belong to a Power 5 conference. And then we have 16 helmets in our final region from non-Power 5, from the group of five. So that's going to consist of, what is this, the Sun Belt, the MAC, Conference USA, the Mountain West, and I'm missing... The American. Uh, the, the, the American, yes. What we're going to do today, we're going to focus on the NFL side, and we're going to take these, we're going to get these 32... NFL helmets, we're going to get them down to eight. Uh, so we're going to get the, we're going to go through the first two rounds of the NFL side, and we will we will get this bracket onto our. We will post this on Twitter soon. I, I imagine maybe the and Cole speak into this if you can think of a, if there's a better way. Maybe the best way to do this is just kind of walk through each each region and obviously our listeners can't see the bracket should we just go through this a matchup at a time and read yeah go through this at a, a matchup at a time take it all the way through or should, should we tell our viewers what we're dealing with here as far as the content of the bracket i think we can go through a, a matchup at a time like cliff said we'll have this actual bracket posted on twitter by the time that this episode airs these teams are seeded based on their regular season performance from last year not including the playoffs and that is how 1 through 16 was determined. So I think we can start with the AFC and go one matchup at a time. 
and move on from there. Wonderful. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we are, again, as Cole said, we're dealing with the AFC. And so we will just start with this uh, first matchup. This first matchup is, this is the the number one seed in the AFC, in the AFC region. And again, Please bear in mind, this is regular season only. I looked for standings that included the playoffs, couldn't find it then. Maybe it's out there. Maybe I didn't look hard enough, but we're going to go with this for now. So AFC region, we have the, the number one seed belongs to the Baltimore Ravens going up against the 16-seeded Cincinnati Bengals. These are division rivals, AFC North. They face, they get the opportunity of facing each other twice a year. We're going to try not to talk a lot about the quality of the football. We're really going for uh, the aesthetics of the helmets here. Uh, Cole, your, your early thoughts on this first matchup. Honestly, in this first matchup, I think that Cincinnati in a almost no contest uh, takes it over Baltimore's helmet. Just, I think Cincinnati's got a cooler look with what they do with their helmets. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree. Like, I, I, I like the, um, I like the color schemes, or I like the color scheme of Baltimore a lot. I, I, I like the black and purple. It's, uh, I think, very striking to me. But no, th- just the the Bengals helmet. That's a um, that's a pretty iconic. It's an iconic look. I don't have I don't have all this pulled up in front of me. And and, and again, we're we're going off of current helmets only. So if a team, you know, maybe a couple times a year, a team will trot out an alternate helmet or something more. You know, one of those throwbacks. Not comparing to off the, the top Tampa of, Bay Cream Sickles or anything like that. Yes, right, right. As I look at this. As I'm looking at a photo of the Cincinnati helmet now, I'm I'm honestly sitting here and I'm like, I think that's the helmet they've had for as long as I can remember. And I'm in my mid-30s and probably started watching football in the early 90s. So I I, I think it's a I think that look has been around for quite some time. So yeah, I, I think I think we have a significant upset here with uh Cincinnati knocking out Baltimore. We agree. I agree with you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Our next matchup on this bracket is the eighth seeded Denver Broncos versus the ninth seeded Las Vegas Raiders um, and their helmets. And my initial thoughts I, again, the Raiders have such an iconic helmet like you mentioned baltimore's color scheme and the purple and black is great and denver's got a good color scheme but like just the black and silver with the raiders helmet i think is one of the more classic looks in the entire nfl and i think i'm going to go vegas here yeah this is a this is a tough one for me because the i i i like the I, I like Denver's look a lot. Uh, you, okay, you re, you remember? Do you remember their old helmets from like the late the late nineties? I believe I have seen them. Yes. Yeah, it had it was. I mean, very very old school looking. I think I think I I believe it was the helmet that the franchise started with. Just kind of a it was a lighter blue helmet. Now they're more navy blue. It was it was more a middle of the road blue the letter D for Denver and then a bucking Bronco on there interlaced as well. But the, but no, I, I, I think I'm with you here and, and I meant to check this and I didn't to the, to the best extent of my knowledge, there is no, um, the Raiders are not making any changes in their aesthetic and their appearance in the move from Oakland to Nevada. As far as I know. Um, I haven't heard anything so, to that effect either. So yeah, that that's a look that um, just it, it's kind of timeless. So we we agree again, and Las Vegas Raiders helmet advances to the round of thirty-two. Next up, next up, an, an interesting five-twelve matchup. We have the five-seeded Buffalo Bills going up against the twelve-seed Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a really 
tough one for me, and I'm going to tell you why. I think I, I like the look of the Jacksonville helmet. I, I, I like the... It was a team that obviously expansion team late nineties. I think I was in about sixth or seventh grade when the Jaguars and the Panthers came into the league. And so, you know, my friends and I, we were like, Oh man, this is, this is awesome. New football teams. We're going to want to, um, you know, hop on a bandwagon maybe. And, uh, you know, it, it was just fun to root for a team that had never existed. And so I've got a little bit of, I don't know, a strange nostalgia there. I, I The teal in the helmet, especially when they wear that helmet that kind of has the matte finish and the color gradient from black to, to teal is a sharp look. There is something, however, the buffalo helmet to me is just... It's iconic with the um, the the big stripe across the face of the buffalo, kind of almost. I don't know what that indicates in my mind. It's just kind of been like you know the path of the the buffalo, not the path that it's running on, but like the momentum as it runs or something. So my early leaning here would be buffalo. What do you think? I so I remember when Jacksonville first unveiled their two-tone helmets that matte finish that fades into the gold with the Jaguar on the side. I remember the first picture I saw from that was Luke Jokel, the tackle out of A&M. Um it was I think it was his rookie year when they rolled these out and I remember the first picture I saw was Luke Jokel in this two-tone helmet. No one else was really doing anything like that at the time. And it was really cool. Um, and that carries significant weight, but I agree with you, just Buffalo's helmet, that white with the stripes down the middle and just their logo on the side. Um, I promise you that we will probably disagree on at least one of these, but I'm going to go with Cliff. I agree that Buffalo is the victor in this particular matchup. I think Buffalo's got it. Our next matchup is the fourth seeded Houston Texans versus the 13th seeded Cleveland Browns. So Cliff and I are both Dallas Cowboys fans, and there exists a fair amount of animosity between Houston Texans fans and Dallas Cowboys fans for reasons that I don't entirely understand. Um, The Texans and the Cowboys play on opposite sides of the National Football League, so I don't see the need for the animosity. Like, I get the animosity between, like, Astros and Rangers fans. That makes sense. I don't like the Houston Astros because I'm a Rangers fan, but, like, I have no animosity towards the Texans. But the orange that Cleveland uses in their helmets is... So cool, and Cliff can attest to this. I have rooted for the Cleveland Browns to be a better football team for such a long time. And this is, he did state initially that we're going to stay away from the quality of the football because if we're going to go with the quality of the football, the answer is very clear here. But I'm going to vote <laughs> for Cleveland because just the the orange and brown combination that they have, I think, is really cool. And I enjoy it as a uniform combination. Very, very interesting logic. As a side note, I don't understand the Texans-Cowboys animosity either. Okay, yeah, they play a meaningless game every preseason. In regular season action, they play each other once every four years. I, I, I Yeah, I'm like, you know, okay, call... Call me back when they meet in the Super Bowl, and then I'm sure there'll be more to say on that. I I think I lean toward the Texans helmet. The the Browns helmet, it it's 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 classic, it's old school, and I appreciate those a lot. I also look at it and I guess I can be appreciate I, I I can maybe be swayed in that, you know, it is this like it's this last because I think you know there there is no other team where it's like what's the helmet oh it's all one color with a brown and white stripe down the middle boy that that is I still lean slightly toward Houston I I, I hear what you're saying I le- I lean toward Houston in the and again this is probably maybe just the newness of it I remember yeah. I was a senior in high school when the Texans debuted and um, Cowboys fan, obviously, but it was like, Oh, Hey, we've got, Hey, good for Houston. They've got a, they got better team. Now, if we were dealing with throwbacks, with throwback helmets, let me tell you that 
that Oilers throwback helmet with the uh, the oil rig tower thing. I believe it's just called an oil rig on the side. Classic look. I probably lean a little, in fact, no, yes, I lean slightly toward the Texans here. And now we have no idea what we're doing because we slightly disagree. So I don't know that I'm totally prepared to go to the Texans side because I had a roommate who was a really big, just Houston sports fan, not specifically because he didn't really care about sports. He was just loud and opinionated. Um, So that colors my uh, feelings towards the Houston Texans helmet somewhat. I like, so my argument is that like the classic, the one color, the unchanged, that orange, that orange in the helmet, it's just so cool. And that like that's why I like Cleveland's stuff. Like I like I feel like brown and orange is a particularly bold combo to go with, and I think it works with them more so than the uh, pedestrian colors of the Texans that are mirrored in the Patriots and the Titans and other places in the NFL. I think that the Browns have a more unique color scheme and look than the Texans have. That, you know, okay, yeah, that's that that's fair. That's fair, and I think... I think I'm going to say, yeah, that, that you have you have convinced me here. Uh, maybe we'll go back and forth on on who has what. I, th- I think the, um, the it is a classic look. There are worse shades of orange out there, in my opinion. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll go. We will go Cleveland. Here. It is orange of a totally non-burnt variety. Right. Yes. Yes. No, it's a nice. A nice orange that really pops. All right. Speaking of speaking of such teams as, oh, I don't know, the Tennessee Titans. They are a feature of our next matchup. This is this is the six eleven matchup here in the AFC region. We have the six seeded Tennessee Titans and the eleven seeded New York Jets. And I think I believe I've got a. I think I like the Jets here for. Again, what you were saying about kind of that, you know, kind of that color scheme of the Titans, the Texans, the Patriots, you know, we, we see it, we see it around the league in a few places. The Jets have that nice, that nice deep, well, even as I'm looking at, a, as I'm looking at all the helmets here, it's a green that is, I believe, unmatched in the rest of the league. I'm specifically looking over at, I guess it's close to Packers green and it's, it is a lighter green than Philadelphia as well. I like, the, I, I like the classic look of just the, 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 the font, even, even I think you got to give it, you got to go for it a little bit in that uh, this is the, is this the only, okay, no, not the only, I was going to I was wondering if this is the only helmet in the NFL that has the actual name of the mascot spelled out on the helmet. I thought it was the only one. It's not the only one. Do you know the other one off the top of your head? No. I thought I did, but I don't. Let me see. It's it's the Steelers. Oh, yes, of course it, it just, is. It just and it's very small. It's not like a prominent feature in there, but it's in the it's in the middle of and the Raiders. It, oh, the goodness, the Raiders as well. How did I? How did I miss? Oh, I stand corrected. There are three, but the Jets definitely the most prominent one. Mm-hmm. I give this Absolutely. one to New York. Uh, I agree with you on like reasons that I already said with Cleveland and. Like the Titans logo is this maybe controversial. It's a newer Steelers logo. Um, it's a revamped Steelers logo made for a team that starts with a T and not an S. And I'm gonna go with the Jets because of the green, and I like that. And they just got a cool logo and all of that jazz. I agree with you. That was fast and easy. Yes. Our next matchup is the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Chargers. 
which feels weird to say even now. As much as I enjoy the product on the field that New England consistently produces, uh, you will, you listeners will know this more and more as we go into this. Uh, I really like people that are the best at what they do. And consistently for a long time, the Patriots have been the very best at what they do. And that, that, that is meaningful. That is cool. I think, however, the Chargers helmet with just the bolt and the white just so far outclasses the Patriot head that it is not fair, even though the Patriot uh, helmet red face mask is so cool. I think the bolt takes it here. Yes, I, I, I definitely agree. The bolt is, it's just cool. It's, um, it is iconic. The, the bolt has been the main logo of the chargers for as long as I can remember. I do remember, I I feel like sometime in the last 15 years, they did change up the, um, the coloring of it just only. And when I say the coloring of it, so now I believe they predominantly wear a white helmet with the, uh, the yellow bolt, yellow bolt outlined in blue. And back in the day, it used to be more of a navy blue helmet with the bolt outlined in white. So just a tiny aesthetic change there. The old Patriots logo and the old Patri- Patriots helmet of the up until the late nineties, it was um, it was cool with the um, with the Patriot lineman kind of standing over the football. But no, I, I, I'm with you here. I think I, I believe the Chargers take this one. And that takes us to our next matchup. Fittingly enough, talking about the Steelers a minute ago, we have the, we have the seven-seeded Pittsburgh Steelers against the 10-seeded Indianapolis Colts. This is, this is a matchup of really two, two classics. Two iconic helmets. I believe. And this one, I gotta be real careful here because I believe Cowboys fan bias can sway me towards Indianapolis pretty quickly. But, you know, as I look at these, I, I mean, so two iconic logos haven't changed their helmets in a long time. Although I think I saw something today, actually, Indianapolis did roll out some very minor tweaks to their uniforms that most fans at a passing glance probably aren't going to pick up on, but that's uniforms and we're dealing with helmets. Colts helmet, simple white helmet, blue stripe down the middle, the uh, horseshoe on the side of the helmet. Steelers, black with the, I, I forget, I believe that's actually the logo of like a steel workers union from back in the day. Might still, might still be around. I'm not sure. Um, I like, am I going to do this? I think I am. I like the, I like the simplicity of the Colts helmet that the, the, the Steelers helmet directly integrates a shout out to their city, to one of the largest industries in their city. That's, that's a pretty cool connection point with the fans. And for that reason, I think I've got to go with the Steelers here. You know, so like it is a matchup of two just classic helmet styles. The white and the horseshoe is so cool, and it really is classic. Um, however, like the asymmetry of the Steelers logo on the helmet and all of that jazz, I think, lifts them over the the Colts helmet. I agree with you, Clifton. Wonderful. All right, and our next... And final matchup in the AFC is between the second-seeded Kansas City Chiefs and the 15th-seeded Miami Dolphins. And as cool as the Dolphins logo is and all of that, I think the Arrowhead with the KC with their just bright red, man, I I don't know how many helmets can actually compare to the Kansas City Chiefs helmet, I'm going to give it to the current reigning Super Bowl champs. I agree completely. Um, I can't see the Miami Dolphins logo 
and somewhere in my mind not think of Ace Ventura. Again, both iconic franchises in their own right, both long Super Bowl droughts up until two months ago when the Chiefs uh, finally got through to win their second Super Bowl title and first in, I believe, 50, yeah, 50 years, exactly. But that aside, that's just an iconic look with the Chiefs. And so I agree, you got to go with Kansas City there. A quick programming note, we initially thought we were going to take this NFL side of this bracket down to the Sweet 16. Uh, we're only going. I think we're only going to go through the just this first round because we are we're taking more time here than I initially thought we would. I think it's time well spent, but there are other elements of this podcast that we want to address as well. For those of you scoring at home, we've got an AFC bracket with Cincinnati, Las Vegas, Buffalo, Cleveland the New York Jets, the Los Angeles Chargers, Indianapolis, and Kansas City advancing into the second round. And we will now tackle the NFC bracket. Cole, you want to kick this one off? Uh, Absolutely. So our first matchup here on the NFC side uh, is a particularly vexing one for Cowboys fans. Um, It is the first-seeded San Francisco 49ers and the 16th-seeded Washington Redskins. Personally, I'm not a big fan of either helmet, and it is personal bias. But I... I don't know where I stand. Maybe I, uh, I'm going to go with San Francisco. Just the simplicity, the gold on the red with the 49, as much as I don't like either of these helmets, particularly because of deep-seated feelings I have about either franchise. I think I'm going to go with San Francisco. Can I tell you my favorite thing about Washington's helmet? Oh, please do. So it's the... You've got that deep red. I think I think I feel like they even they may even refer to it as like so it's not maroon. They may they may treat they may call it burgundy. I can't quite remember, but it's that deep red helmet, the Native American image with the um, the feathers on the side. And then my favorite thing about that helmet is the contrast in that it is a bright, I don't know, I don't know if it's yellow or gold. But the the face mask of their helmet is that bright yellow, bright gold. And that combination, I I lean that direction here. I I like the 49ers helmet always, always it's it's iconic. I don't know if that logo will ever change. Even the gold of the helmet, I, I imagine I'll probably say this again. Uh, whenever we get to whenever uh, New Orleans comes up, it is a nice, just almost a, a nice shiny finish in a lot of ways. I think because of that, I think I've also got to go San Francisco here, but I do like that clash in the Washington between the Washington helmet and the face mask. It's just a cool look that pops out to me. I totally agree. Like, I, I think San Fran moves on, but I like contrasting face masks, like I said before, with the Patriots and their red and the Redskins with their yellow. That's just a bold look that I think is pretty cool. Indeed, indeed. Okay, a, a, a hotly contested matchup that we were uh, discussing ever so briefly before uh, before we had recorded on this thing is coming up next here it is the it is the eight nine matchup in the nfc between the eight seated chicago bears and the nine seated dallas cowboys now this one is i would say exceptionally difficult and, and again i feel like i've said this a few times and maybe this is just how the bracket fell out this is these are two pre- fairly iconic looks here and again i don't know that chicago has changed their look much in the last 40 years helmet wise dallas obviously it's that standard it's the silver helmet the navy blue star couple times a year i think we've seen them for a long time every thanksgiving they were rolling out that helmet from the 1960s uh just the the white helmet with the um 
the flat navy blue star with no no outline or bevel that makes the star pop off the um off of the helmet more i think i've got i think i'm going to go with cowboys here and i acknowledge i think there's likely some bias coming into play here i think chicago has a very iconic helmet i'm a fan of even just that old school lettering with with the c from um that i, that I feel like is a throwback to decades decades past and you see that same script uh over in major league baseball with the cincinnati reds as well uh with the c in in their logo but i think i do lean towards dallas here yeah this doesn't really give uh chicago a fair beat um as iconic and timeless and classic as their helmet is it is truly very cool but my vote also goes with the star we're biased we claim that we own it but i'm gonna go with dallas here as well if the cow if the cowboys winning up if the cowboys end up winning this entire bracket this entire tournament if you will maybe we'll need to go back and address our biases for future competitions but we'll we'll roll with it at least for this first round yeah, I think there are actually some staunch competitors to give the Cowboys helmets some some run for their money. Our next matchup is the fifth seeded Minnesota Vikings versus the twelfth seeded Arizona Cardinals, which is also a really tough matchup because I, I personally I love both of their helmets. I love the purple of the Vikings with the horns on the side, but also just the simplicity and beauty of the white Cardinals helmet with that Cardinals logo on the side that Larry Fitzgerald's been sporting for a million years and will continue to sport for another million years because that man doesn't age. Man, that's tough. Like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm leaning Minnesota because purple is just really cool in my opinion and the horns, the Viking horns on the side of the helmet are also a really cool touch. Um, not to say that I don't just truly love Arizona's helmet. I like white helmets, but I think I'm going Minnesota. Yeah, I, I agree completely. It's, it, it is Minnesota here. Uh, you look at all 32 NFL helmets, only one is purple. And it's the Minnesota Vikings. I, I did a quick glance over to the other side of the bracket. I was like, okay, hold on. How many, how many purple helmets are in this entire bracket? When you bring in the college side, uh, it's going to be two. Uh, as a spoiler alert for a future episode, in the in the college side of this bracket, we do have East Carolina in here, which is also a very nice, a very nice purple helmet. For an even further preview, that's going to be a very tough draw. They drew Tulane, the Tulane Green Wave, in the first round, and that's going to be a painful decision for me personally. But yes, we we agree Minnesota advances into the round of 32. Next up, here in the NFC region, we have the four-seeded Seattle Seahawks and the 13-seeded Carolina Panthers. I believe... And I'm looking for the Carolina. Okay, there's the Carolina helmet. I'm, I'm, I've got all the helmets pulled up here in a in a grid on Google. I think I've got to go with. I think I go with Seattle here because while the Panther does look menacing, kind of with that open mouth, you've got the the fangs and the teeth and whatnot. The Seattle. Seahawk. And again, I've looked this up before and I can't even remember if a Seahawk, I believe a Seahawk is an actual creature. We can look that up and get back with y'all. Or if, or if you are a one who studies birds and you know about Seahawks, please write in and inform us. I've got to go with the Seahawk here. Uh, one, they've got that almost that neon green that in their standard helmet only pops out in the eye of the Seahawk. And I think what serves them well here is in the early 2000s, actually, I believe it was in 2002 when the Texans joined the league. Uh, what a lot of people may forget is that for 
for a long time, for 20, 25 years, uh, the Seattle Seahawks were over in the AFC, and then they moved into the NFC when uh, the league expanded to 32 teams and the Texans came in. And when they did that, they also retooled the Seahawk logo to where prior it was kind of just this kind of mopey, sad-looking Seahawk, and they just made a few tweaks to the shape of the mouth and the beak, and it looks a lot more menacing now than it did in the past. I go with Seattle here, personally. Yeah, I so this is going to sound biased because my favorite helmet to look at is a silver helmet. However, I don't like a lot of silver. I don't like Carolina's helmet. I think it's kind of boring. I think the logo is kind of boring. To contrast that, I remember when Seattle did like their big like redo of their jerseys when the Legion of Boom was just starting to like come into fruition and they laid they laid out like these neon jerseys, these new helmets. They were like it was right after their Super Bowl and it was like that was the thing and I love their helmet. I love their team. I also go Seattle. That one was an easy one for me. And this next one actually is going to be easy too. Our next matchup is the six-seeded Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I get that the Eagles helmet is one of the most iconic in all of the NFL. The wings are truly very cool. Midnight green, if you disassociate it from the Philadelphia Eagles, is not a bad color, I suppose. However, all of those elements combined onto one football helmet not a fan and they have the misfortune of going up against a truly cool helmet the tampa bay with the flag and just that like gray scale that gray brown metallic color that contrasts their flag i think is cooler than the eagles but i think that many things are cooler than the eagles so that's my vote yeah i'm I'm with tampa bay here as well uh and i think i think tampa bay would win this matchup uh, were it this helmet of present day or the throwback creamsicle with the buccaneer with the uh, frilly look, the silly frilly looking hat holding a sword in his mouth. I think either of these helmets would take down the Eagles. We're dealing with the more, uh, the more aggressive pirate one again, really kind of the skull in there, the two swords crossing each other in football in the middle against that flag. Buccaneers take this one. And then that takes us into, what do we have? We have three more matchups here to to get the NFL half of this 64 helmet bracket down to 32 teams. We have the three seed New Orleans Saints and the 14 seed New York Giants. And I think, I think I got to go with New Orleans here. Uh, again, kind of like we were talking about with San Francisco, it's that nice gold finish. The uh, the French La Fleur, just iconic representation of New Orleans and really the entire state of Louisiana uh, to a large degree. The Giants helmet, it, it's it, it's classic. Uh, they went back to this helmet just with the the NY on the side after a long time of hi- of having. Uh, the entire word giants spelled out. And I like that look as well to a degree, but I think, uh, I think I've got to go with the saints here. I agree. And they largely, the saints largely benefit from the same thing that Tampa Bay did because I think the giants have a really cool helmet, like the blue, the simple NY I think is really cool. It's iconic. It's classic. It's great. But uh, like the Fleur de Lis, the gold, the white, the black, the Saints have, I think, one of the best color combinations in all of sports, and they execute it very well. So in, even with how cool the Giants helmet actually is, I'm also going New Orleans. Our next matchup is, I think, a tough one for me personally. It's the seventh seed Los Angeles Rams and the 10th seed Atlanta Falcons. The Rams helmet is now with that, is it yellow or is it white now? I don't remember Cliff. Do you know? They go back and forth. The one, the one I'm looking at is white, and I think they're going with that one a little bit Moving more forward. Now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool. Like, I think that's really cool. Just the Rams horn, which 
I said the same thing for Minnesota. Um, I think the Falcons logo is very cool. I went to a high school where our colors were red and black, and that pulls some like memory for me. Um, I think the logo is very cool, like I said. Um, but I think I want to go Rams here just because, like, I I like horns on I like horns on helmets. I like horns on helmets. Period. End of statement. Yeah, this one was this one was also very tough for me. I like the I like the look of the Falcons helmet, but just that solid black. The the Falcon logo that got updated. Uh, I think about. Oh goodness, probably about probably a good 15 years ago now. They made it a little more 3D. It was more kind of just this flat falcon, if kind of flat half of a falcon, if you will, uh plastered there on the side of the helmet. I like the new 3D one, but goodness, that that Rams logo goes a long way back to obviously the the greatest show on turf in St. Louis, back when it was again more of a Probably, probably even more of a gold than a yellow at that time. But then, of course, before their move to St. Louis, starting out in Los... I say starting out in Los Angeles. I think they started out in Los Angeles, as best I remember. I believe I've also got to go with the Rams here as well. It's just... It's a tough logo. It's, it's iconic. So I agree. The Rams over the Falcons here. And that takes us into our last matchup of the evening. We've been talking about, we've made a few mentions to some really iconic matchups throughout uh, this episode. And this last one for today might be the most iconic in a lot of ways. Divisional rivals from the NFC North. We have the number two seeded Green Bay Packers going up against the 15 seed Detroit Lions. These are, I mean, this is a, this is an iconic matchup. You get to see it twice a year. I feel like with some regularity, the Lions host the Packers for that 1130 AM kickoff on Thanksgiving. I think at the end of the day, I lean toward the Packers here. Uh, as I revisit this Lions helmet a little bit, it's had some updates. It's had a couple of minor tweaks uh, over the years, making the lion pop a little more. I remember back in the 90s when it was just a flat outline without kind of the mane having some depth to it and um, without kind of the legs being differentiated from. So both iconic. I just think the Packers slightly more iconic so i go with green bay here all right cliff went packers i they're both pretty iconic helmets detroit falls on the same pitfall that carolina did for me don't really enjoy their helmet and i don't know if that's because i don't actually enjoy their helmet or i don't like the fact that uh matt stafford rushed up to the line and jumped over jumped over his offensive line to score a touchdown to keep the cowboys out of the playoffs i don't know if that's why i don't like the lions helmet or if but that being said two of my top three most painful memories as a Dallas Cowboys fan, have come at the hands of Aaron Rodgers and his Green Bay Packers. But I just, I think the Packers have just a cooler helmet. Just the yellow and the green is better than the silver and the blue, which sounds sacrilege, but it's not the same blue. I'm going to go with Green Bay as well. And I think that wraps our NFL side of this helmet bracket. So just to recap, Our round of 32 is the Cincinnati Bengals, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Buffalo Bills, the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think we said Colts earlier, but I'm pretty sure both of us settled on Steelers. We we did. Yeah, we went with Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs, the NFC Side is the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Minnesota Vikings, the Seattle Seahawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Green Bay Packers. Um, So that wraps up like our sports section for today, and it's been a little long. 
and that's okay. Uh, Cliff, do you want to start off beer by telling us what's in your fridge? Uh, sure. Yeah, I think we, we'll move through these next two remaining two segments here fairly quickly. I think what is in my fridge right now? Uh, currently, as we sit here, I am towards the end of I'm enjoying a dirty bastard. That is a Scotch style ale from Founders Brewing in Michigan. I'm trying to remember the exact city in Michigan now. If any of my colleagues from the Michigan area, my work colleagues from the Michigan area are listening to this, please let me know where that is. I think I think it's Holland, Michigan. I don't remember that off the top of my head. But in my fridge right now, Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale from Founders. We have the uh, the Sippin' Pretty from Odell in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is a, a sour. My wife is a big fan of sour beers. And um, so that one's for her. And then also in and then also in the fridge right now is the uh, the good night. I think I, I think I said good night and it's actually good night. That's G apostrophe night. And that's night with a K. It's an imperial red IPA from the good folks at Oscar Blues up in Lyons, Colorado and Austin, Texas, and somewhere in North Carolina. They, they have distribution centers now in Austin and North Carolina. The operation started in Lyons, Colorado. If you're ever passing through Lyons, Colorado, uh, which is located about 10 miles north of Boulder, please stop into the Oscar Blues facility there. Enjoy a pint of your choice and get a burger or pizza to go with it because it's some of the best it's it's one of the best burgers I've had in my life, and I, I and I like to think that my, that there are some very good burgers available even right here in San Marcos. That's what's in my fridge right now. Cole, how about you? Um, currently, I am not at my actual home home in San Angelo. However, in my fridge here, I am currently drinking a real ale Devil's Backbone. Their Trapel, which is very nice. Um, I, too, have a can of the Sipping Pretty from Odell in my fridge. I have a can of the Allstadt Brewing in Fredericksburg, Texas. I have a can of their Kolsch, which is a refreshing, nice, light beer. And then I also have a case of Kugel's Summer Shandy. That is my mother's favorite beer and it is too light and refreshing i am at the lake right now so light and refreshing beers are kind of the move if you will however there is a brewery in seven points texas called cedar creek brewing um, because they're on cedar creek lake that i get to go and support with my curbside presence tomorrow the cedar creek brewery brewery and plowboys cafe they do an incredible job they make one of the best ipas i've ever had in my life it's called the dankosaurus and it is delightful they also did a holiday special it's a smoked cherry quadrupel that is also pretty great so i'm excited to try those tomorrow they're not in my fridge yet so that's kind of cheating but that's what's in my fridge right now that's good that is a a nice selection there i'm i'm surprised when, when you say holiday when you say it's a a holiday feature or a holiday batch that's that's going all the way back to christmas and They've just still got some supply on hand. Uh, yes, I believe they brewed it in November. I was I was in the area in mid December and they had it, but uh, due to recent changes in just all of society, right now they've still got some on hand. So I've got a growler with me that I'm not sure whether or not I'm gonna take home that quadrupel or something else with it. Fabulous. Growlers, growlers are handy and good to have, especially, especially in this time of social, of 
keep saying social distancing because that's what everyone's saying. I personally prefer physical distancing because we still want to be connected socially through through whatever means possible, whether that is Zoom or FaceTime or phone calls or what have you. Don't stay lonely right now, people, especially if you live alone. If you live alone, man, get out, go for a walk, reach out, reach out to friends. Even if you're scared to reach out, you know, the world is full of, I think, better humans than are often portrayed because it's often the humans who are less good who take all the airwaves and time. So, you know, let's be good humans, be good to one another in this season. And if you have the means, support your local brewers or even just support your local restaurants folks you're getting takeout if you can maybe go for the local chain the the local mom and pop place over uh, over the national chain that's probably going to survive this help help out the local folks keep those dollars in your in your own local economy but yeah a good nice selection of what's in our fridge there disclaimer none of none of those Brewers are sponsors of the Crossbar Podcast. However, if you're affiliated with one of those brewers and would like to be a sponsor, come at us. We Get would in touch with us. To that. For sake of time, probably want to move in on into our third segment, uh, just discussing life, a little bit of life as uh, followers of Jesus Christ. This is the day, again, we're recording here late on April 13th. Yesterday was Easter. Cole, how was your Easter? My Easter was very good. This is the first Easter in several years that I have not spent at 242 Church of San Marcos, and that was strange. My wife and I, we traveled from San Angelo to Plano to be with my parents for a time. I know that doesn't necessarily fit nicely into social distancing rules, but None of us have the virus, and we are safely contained in a lake house. It was good. Um, I've had kind of a dry spell with the Lord lately, and that this in the last four or five days has started to lift a little bit, and I got to spend some time, not necessarily in a church service because we were traveling and whatnot, but uh, in contemplative thought about just the power of the risen Savior and what that means for us as humanity. Because if there wasn't a risen Jesus, if Jesus was merely a great man who spent some time on the earth teaching about things and was really good to people and served the poor, and that was all he was. The weight of the Christian faith just isn't there. The real weight of my faith, the root of that is in the divinity and the resurrection of the man Jesus Christ from the dead as a triumph over death and sin. And that's a lot of like churchy words that aren't necessarily helpful to people that haven't been around a church. But without Jesus Christ coming to the earth as a man, being born to a human woman, living a blameless life, and then dying as a sacrifice for our sin and being raised to life again, none of this matters. Not one thing that I've done in a church service that I've been a part of matters if that did not happen. So Easter and Resurrection Sunday is a really powerful day. Um, I don't think that I paid it the true reverence it deserved yesterday. I didn't. I had. I spent some time in contemplative thought about the resurrection and what that means, but I didn't really like sit down and talk to my God about what that means to me. So I think this week I'm going to take some time to really just rest in the sacrifice that Jesus made to save my soul. So yeah, that's how my Easter was, Cliff. How was your Easter? That's all that's also good. My Easter um my Easter was strange. 
I had the great privilege of and honor of preaching at our church service yesterday here at 242 Church in San Marcos. It was a very strange service. Uh, we usually we're as this podcast goes along. If you're not if you're not familiar with us here in San Marcos, we're a little bit. We do our Easter's a little bit differently. We really, I guess, historically on Easter Sunday, we have a worship service down along the San Marcos River where we hear the stories of changed lives and we baptize people who are uh, who have uh, recently come to come to a point of following Jesus with their lives. And we didn't have that yesterday because because we can't gather down there. And we're even trying to figure out, and it was a little sad because we do have we do have several people wanting to be baptized, and we were like, okay, well, how how do we do this right now? And the answer is, at least for the moment, we can't, and we're, we're thinking about how we're uh, going to go about that should this season of physical distancing continue internally amongst some of our leaders, we have joked about buying one of those dunk tanks that you see at carnivals and putting the person getting baptized up on the chair in the dunk tank and then just letting people throw baseballs or whatever at the target until it drops them. I'm pretty sure we don't have the budget for that, so we'll figure something out. But no, yesterday we were, it was very surreal in that uh, we recorded our live stream from uh, from the building that we met that we meet at, and there was a t- there were only six people there in the building, uh, myself included, and it was a very very strange environment. I mentioned somewhere in there that this is, it's an Easter service, the likes of which none of us probably ever imagined uh, having to have. But I think it's neat because it's very possible that yesterday was the large, maybe the largest Easter service in, or it's possible that more people attended an Easter service yesterday than ever before, just with the trend of every, of, of just about nearly every church, at least here in America, going online completely with their services. Stood out to me, and I'm, I mentioned some of this yesterday uh, in my teaching. Just that, you know, for, for a lot of us, I wonder if Easter is a, you know, it's it's this time where we rightly celebrate the resurrection. But with everything going on in our world right now, surrounding this COVID nineteen outbreak, maybe we feel a little bit more like Mary as she journeyed toward the tomb that morning, and she was still processing just the emotions. And the loss of those prior of the of the prior days, I feel like in a lot of ways, boy, that's what we're all going through right now to a degree. We're 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 weeping outside the tomb. Maybe we're wondering where God has gone. We're wondering why all this is happening. When is it going to end? And it's just like, hey, if if the joy of Easter, the, if the joy of the resurrection amidst the state of our world. If we're struggling to find that right now, I think that's okay because I think those current doubts and sorrows and disbeliefs, I think they're key components to the story of the resurrection because the crucifixion, it was for those who were present and those who were following Jesus, that was a traumatic event to witness. And there was a lot of sadness that was kind of involved in those hours around where Jesus was dead and buried. And yes, oh my goodness, here's this crazy thing that had never happened before. Here's a man, here's a person who was dead and now they're alive. It's like, boy, you're going to pay attention to that, right? And as, as wonderful and as great as that is, it's like the trauma of going through the, of witnessing the crucifixion and everything, that trauma is still with us. And so it was just like, you know, hey, we want to rightly celebrate the resurrection here. At the same time, we we don't want to deny the crucifixion by proclaiming the resurrection. We've got to hold them hand in hand. And that just felt very powerful to me in light of where, where the world is at right now. There's a lot that is just sideways, if not upside down, in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of this chaos that we that each of us are living in right now. 
there's still there's still a lot of hope. It may be hard to it may be hard to find some days. It may be it may feel like it's not there at all, but we think it's there somewhere. So it's kind of what I've, what I've got and kind of what what we went through some of yesterday. Well said. So I think that is about it for the content in today's episode of the Crossbar Podcast. We are going to actually do an outro this time so I don't have to record it in post. To start off, I want to credit our intro and outro song, which is Something Elated by Broke for Free off of their album Something, got from the Free Music Archive. And Cliff, if you want to do our social media and email that would be yeah awesome. so you can you can follow us on social media uh right now we're i believe we're only on we are only on twitter you can follow us on twitter uh at the crossbar cast you can find us there on twitter at the crossbar cast if you've got thoughts or uh thoughts opinions you you think you think one of those helmets that we that we didn't advance out of that first round you think it should have won the whole thing let us know you can email us it's the crossbar cast at gmail.com and to close um something that can really help podcasts starting out if you are listening to this and it made you feel something other than neutral or if it made you feel neutral and you want to express that please go review us on itunes it really really would mean a lot to us if you would give us your feedback we do value that i feel like lots of people in media are like we need your feedback we value your feedback and we're going to just echo that sentiment we really do value and need your feedback so if you would go review us on itunes that would be incredible thank you so much go in peace